Hey, good news, everybody. This week, I solved the jewelry crisis. The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard, Malkil, will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Okay, okay, so uh, solved is a bit of an overstatement, but this week I have a really great conversation with AJ Goldman. Um, it's a long conversation, so I want to keep the intro reasonably short. But, uh, you know, we talk about the the elephant in the room, you know, that three-month wait time for, for body jewelry from a lot of these high-quality companies. Um, how do you survive uh, in an era where it takes three or four months to get your jewelry order in, you know? And uh, for me and for AJ, too, you know, that means stacking orders. You know, you put in an order once a month knowing that you'll have consistent jewelry coming in. But how do you keep up with trends? You know, how do you keep up with the Internet? How do you keep up with seasonal tastes and, and differences? How do you keep up with custom orders in an age where it takes... 12 weeks, 16 weeks, who knows how many weeks before you actually have your jewelry in hand. So, you know, we, we talk about that. We talk about um, the frustration that some companies have decided uh, to close their books to new uh, clients. You know, they're, they're not taking on new shops. They're not taking on new piercers because they're, they're already just struggling to keep up with the, the customers they already have. So, uh, that's great. If you are one of those customers who already has an account, you know, you can get your jewelry maybe a little bit quicker. But if you're not one of those customers that already has an account, you know, what position does that put you in? You don't have access to the high quality jewelry that you need to be a high quality piercer. So, you know, it, it's difficult. You know, it's a double edged sword. Um, we talk pros and cons. We try to uh, be as open minded as possible. I try to play devil's advocate a little bit and, and, I, and I try to defend uh, the companies that are putting in a, a ton of effort to try to increase their logistics. But, you know, the sad fact is demand is not shrinking. So, uh, yes, they are in increasing their, uh, their output. But uh, the demand for it is, is also increasing and potentially increasing at a, at a faster rate. So, you know, even as these companies uh, hire more people and expand their facilities and get new machinery, there is still a giant wave of new piercers uh, stepping up their game, just getting into the industry, wanting to expand their jewelry. So, um, you know, I'll give you all the credit in the world for expanding your logistics, but... You know, it might not be enough to keep up because there are so few companies out there that are offering the jewelry that we need. Um, we talk about uh, something that we just kind of stumble across. You know, what if the companies that were making uh, what some people would re refer to as substandard jewelry, jewelry that doesn't meet APP minimum standard for, uh, for initial piercing, what if those companies did the same thing that a lot of piercers do? Uh, you know, a lot of piercers want to step up their game and they say, okay, I'm going to... Um, kind of give up on trying to be all things for all people. I, I don't want to carry the, the the really good jewelry with the not so good jewelry. You know, um, what if jewelry companies made those same tough decisions as a lot of piercers? Hey, I want to step up my game. I want to increase my market share. I want to get a lot of those piercers that are trying to order from Anatom Metal, Industrial Strength, Intrinsic, Leroy, Body Circle, SM316, uh, that are ordering from those top-level companies but just can't get their jewelry fast enough. You know, what if those other companies out there that are making more costume jewelry type level stuff, what if they went to their factories and said, hey, look, we need uh, more reliable mill certifications. We need you to be using this implant certified stock and we need it to be verified uh, as to what stock it is. You know, we need 
better quality gems, better quality gem setting, better quality polish, better quality control on uh, uh, on inventory, you know? Like, what if those companies decided to make that next step up, just like all these piercers are doing in their shops? Um, it, it could be a, a game changer. So we talk a lot about that. Um, there's a little bit of intro stuff. Uh, AJ kind of talks about uh, where he's at in the industry, you know, and maybe 20 minutes into it, we get into the, the heart of the matter of like jewelry. And then, uh, you know, again, apologies, it's a long interview, but you know, we get maybe an hour in and that's where we really start talking about what do you think would actually make a difference? And we talk about, you know, those jewelry companies kind of stepping their game up and we talk about things that I want you, the person listening to this podcast, to try to do to help out. If you're going to the APP conference, those jewelry companies are going to be there. They're going to be well represented. Walk up to them, shake their hand, talk to them about the jewelry that you need. You know, don't just dump on them about the jewelry that they're making and how you don't want to buy that stuff now. Talk about your money that you want to spend and how you'll spend it with them if they can step their game up and they can make verifiable, high-quality product that we want. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, everybody has to kind of chip in rather than just kind of like pointing and, and giggling, uh, you know, when, when companies come out with one line that might be acceptable, but, you know, they have a, a couple others that aren't. You know, it's it's time for us to reach across the aisle and uh, try to talk to these companies and, and, you know, tell them we need your logistical capability. You know, we, we need the jewelry that you could be making. Not necessarily the jewelry you are making now, but we need the jewelry you could be making. And I, I think that can make a really positive impact on the, uh, on the industry. So uh, have fun listening to the interview. Um, try to stick with us. There's a lot of good information in there. And I'll be back at the end. Hi, I'm uh, AJ Goldman. I pierce out of 12 Ounce Studios in Deptford, New Jersey. I've been piercing for a little over 11 years now. APP member for about six. You can find me, uh, all of my social media is pretty much just piercings by AJ. So Facebook, URL, Instagram, all that stuff. My website's piercingsbyaj.com. AJ Goldman. That's me. So, did you did you work today? Did you pierce today? I did. How'd the um, day go for you? It really wasn't all that bad. Uh, it was a pretty mellow Saturday, actually, just because it's actually nice out. Like it's just hot out, so people were actually down at the beach. So right. It was a. Uh, my Saturdays have been pretty hectic that since pretty much Christmas. So this was a nice change of pace. <laughs> It's it's weird for me because like if I if I look at all the systems that I use to track my sales like I'm doing great you know like um, compared to last year I'm probably up by you know at, le at least twenty percent or something like that but it just it feels slower and I don't know if that's just because like I'm I'm managing the traffic better where I don't feel as like bottlenecked anymore or whatever but you know I remember you know, maybe if not last year, the year before, where some Saturdays I'd have like a, a two-hour wait, you know, and I'd have a whole lobby of people. So I don't sure. know if just like people are coming in like more spaced out or if I'm just better at managing them or something. But, you know, I, I, I'm i busier than I've ever been, but I don't feel like hectically busy. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, you're just getting more efficient. Uh, I feel like I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm definitely the busiest I've ever been. I mean, I actually just looked at my numbers um, for this June um, compared to last June. Now, granted, uh, last year did have conference in there, but I mean, I've I've done, I want to say like sixty-ish more piercings this this month than than June of last year. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've done. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, I've, I've pretty much been having like a two-hour wait steady uh, Fridays and Saturdays. Hell, even Tuesdays and Thursdays, surprisingly enough. Uh, so, I don't know. I feel like my, my shop is, I mean, we're, we're definitely doing good, um, but we're like on the cusp of like not busy enough for two piercers, but it's getting to be a little busy for, for me personally, especially since I'm not the fastest piercer in the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I'm heading that way too. You know, I've got another piercer that that works the other half of the week, and I work half the week, but we don't work typically at the same time together. But I've thought about yeah. it on Saturdays at least, you know, or even if yeah. one of us is doing just piercing and the other one is doing just just jewelry changes. Um, what do you feel like your your typical day, your business is like? What's the percentage of new piercings versus jewelry changes in in existing piercings? Because I feel like uh, jewelry changes are becoming a, a much, a much more important, uh, much more regular, uh, source of income for me lately. Like there are some days where I'm, I'm doing better from just jewelry sales and changes than I am from new piercings. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do a, a good amount of changes, but you know, I'm that, that softy that's like, Psh, no, I'll wave the pierce or the jewelry change fee. I, I don't know. I'm terrible with that. So, I mean, I get, I usually, you know, winds up getting tipped which is nice but i probably should charge for that. but i always i more often than not i, I tend to waive that I for mean, me was... it's it's weird you know like i don't i don't really do um a, a jewelry change fee or anything so like our, our policy for quite a while has been like if you buy new jewelry we'll sterilize it and install it for free and then sometimes i'll do a service fee if people come in and they already have their their jewelry that they bought from me and they just want to change, you know, or swapped out because they have a couple of different options. Then I'll charge them like five bucks, maybe ten bucks, you know, for tools and cleaning jewelry and all that stuff. But usually with new jewelry, I'll I'll put it in for free. Yeah, I mean, I I never charge if someone's buying jewelry from the shop. Uh, usually, I mean, it's it's like a five dollar fee if someone brings in outside jewelry. But yeah, I, I wave that more often than I should. <laughs> so what's what's your thought on on outside jewelry and like, do you have a line on on what's acceptable? Because for me, over the years, like I've made some some pretty tight policies, you know. And and when I explain it to people, it makes sense. But sometimes when I tell people, like I I only pier I only do a new piercing with new jewelry. Like even if you have. 10 really nice pieces of jewelry that you bought from me before. I don't reuse them for new piercings. I only use brand new jewelry like posts anyway. Like I'll 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 reuse a, an end piece but I won't reuse a post. But um and then if people bought jewelry somewhere else, whether it was like online or in a in a shop that I know or or a shop that I don't know, like I don't even install jewelry if they didn't buy it from me. Even if I recognize the brand, I just I don't even install it if they didn't get it from us. Yeah, I mean, um I I'm definitely if it's if I can verify that it's your jewelry, like you know, if it's like a, a client I know, I pierce them, I recognize the jewelry right off the bat. It's in our system that that's the jewelry that they sold and stuff like that. I, I reprocess it, and I'll I'll re-pierce them with it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I just I have yet to see an issue with doing that. Obviously, you know, I, I won't do it if the jewelry is visibly damaged or anything like that. Right. Like if, you know, if I had to take this out, I had surgery, and the doctors took it out, and, you know, the doctors just clamped some hemostats on there, and the jewelry's mangled. I won't, I obviously, I'm not going to reuse it, mm -hmm. but, you know, if the jewelry, I, I inspected, everything looks good, and all that kind of stuff, yeah, I'll, I'll re-pierce them with it. Well, here's, here's the scenarios that, 
that I've had to deal with before that have kind of steered me in the other direction. So um, there was there was somebody that I I pierced him with jewelry, and like when when they brought in the jewelry, they're like, oh yeah, I have my I have this old jewelry or whatever, and I think it was for a navel. Um, and it was a brand that I sold, you know, I think it was probably intrinsic or something and I reprocessed it and I re-sterilized it and I pierced him with it. And then when I was walking through the aftercare, they were like, oh yeah, you know, this was my sister's jewelry. And I was like, oh, you know, like th this was somebody else's jewelry that they wore and, and you brought it in implying that it was yours. So I would re, you know, pierce you with it and everything. And there's that. And then, you know, if people share uh jewelry with friends or, or whatever or, or you know it's just one of those things where um i'll totally reuse an end piece but for uh you know the post or something that actually goes through the person like nope sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna charge you for a new one yeah, i mean that's that's definitely fair you know I, I i can't argue with that thankfully i haven't had uh that happen at least knowingly i haven't had that happen uh yeah i mean i don't i don't think somebody's gonna die you know, if you if you pierce them with jewelry that you processed and sterilized, you know, but uh, I don't know, it's just it, whatever. I, I'm like I'm kind of like a grumpy curmudgeon, you know. I that, that's just my policy, you know. And, and jewelry that comes from somewhere else, uh, it's kind of that same thing. It's like, well, you know, sure, I know this this is uh, industrial strength or whatever because it's in the bag, but it's like yeah. I, you know, I didn't order it. Um, yeah. You know, you got it from somewhere else. Maybe you were like trying to price shop or something like that, and I, I feel like it almost kind of erodes the service that I'm offering, you know, like, um, you know, if you, yeah, it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta support the shop that you're going into. And, you know, it, I don't want to train people that it's like, well, you can just, you can try to go online and try to find the jewelry that I sell for five bucks less, uh, and bring it in and expect me to process it and install it and do all the things that like you can't do yourself. Like it's, I don't know. I don't know if that's like picky or, you know, if, no, if it's... I absolutely get it, you know, and especially, you know, with you being a you know, business owner and stuff like that. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like I, that's something that I know it's super common, but I really, I don't deal with it a lot. Like, I don't really don't have a lot of customers coming in with jewelry that they purchased online or anything like that. I just, I just don't. And I'm very thankful and fortunate for that. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just not an issue that I've, I've actually had to deal with all that much and, or even thought about until right now yeah it, well you know so i've i've had to deal with like most scenarios that would get thrown at a at a body piercer over time you know it comes up every now and then i think what started these policies that people would go to like the local head shops or you know um accessory store type places and they would bring in jewelry that was below app minimum standard and it was very yeah. easy for me to say you know hey i'm sorry we don't install externally threaded jewelry and here's why yeah. Um, but then it got to the point where people would start bringing in jewelry that they got in a different shop or that they got on online and they're reputable brands. But then I, I think like, well, you know, what happens if um, we accidentally damage their jewelry or, you know, scratch it or, you know, what if there's some sort of weird thing about how this is used jewelry that, you know, and, and they're not they're not being truthful about it. So. Um, I kind of, I, I started to make kind of like zero tolerance policies as far as jewelry. Like if you didn't get it from us in this visit, I'm not going to pierce you with it, you know? And, and if you're a regular and I know that you got the jewelry from us, like, sure, I'll change that into heel piercing for you. No problem. Um, but you know, I, I, I do have my, my certain limitations now. Yeah. And I, I can't fault you for that. You know, again, especially because the fact that you are the business owner and stuff like that, I definitely don't have an argument against your policy. That's for sure. I totally understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll change eventually, but I'm honestly, I'm just a softie, and I'm kind of, 
a pushover. I mean, obviously not in the sense of like the quality that I'll, I'll pierce with, but yeah. when it comes to stuff like that, I'm a soft dude. Just like me waving the damn jewelry change fee. Well, I mean, you want to be a little accommodating, you know? Like I, yeah. I definitely, I, I like to give people a reason to come back to me, you know? So if I have, you know, some strict policies, um, I also, I also try to do a lot of other things, you know, I, I'd say more often than not, I'll be giving away free aftercare and, you know, shaving off a little bit of money here and there and all these different things because I want to make my services affordable to people. And, you know, if people are buying $300 worth of jewelry, I'm not going to charge them 10 bucks for the aftercare. They can just have the aftercare, you know, because I don't want people making that decision of like, you know, should I be cleaning my piercing correctly or should I not because I don't want to spend this text, this extra 10 bucks. So a lot of the times I'll just be like, look, I'm just going to give you this um, and, and just, you know, it's almost like a way of like tipping your clients, you know, if they think yeah. that we did a great job, so they give us an extra 10 or 20 bucks, you know, if I think the client, um, you know, has picked out some jewelry that I'm really digging or is just like, they have a great personality and they're fun to work with. That's kind of my tip to them. It's like, oh yeah, here's some free aftercare or a free t-shirt or something like that. But you know, I, I want to do nice stuff for my clients too. I hear you. All right. Well, aren't you a, a, a pro team member or something like that too? No, I'm not cool enough to be a pro team member. I, I remember oh, man. when the when the whole Neil Med pro team thing started, I remember sending Luis a message and I was like, come on, man, I want to be a, a, a pro team whatever. And, yeah, I want to um, be a pro team member. Come on, man. I'm, it it would have been nice to, to have been asked, but I, I have like kind of a my, – my personal philosophy is like I don't want to be on a pro team. Um, just like I don't want to have sponsors on this show because I don't want to make it seem like um, I'm biased or something, you know. So if I was on a pro team for Neil Med or H2 Ocean or whatever, I I feel like that would erode some of my um, some of my trust with clients because I don't know if it would be in the back of their mind of like, well, are you telling me to buy this because it's the best product, or are you telling me to buy this because you're getting some sort of a kickback, you know? And I know that that's not how it is with the people that yeah. are on that pro team because they're all really solid people, but um, I don't know. I just – I don't really – They're kickback because if there is, I really want to be on that pro team. What's up? Right. Yeah, if they have like the Neil Med helicopter and it can race with the APP helicopter. Yo, I, I've been on that helicopter. It was pretty rad when uh, when Jeff took me to my, uh, my surgery. He took me in the helicopter. It was pretty dope. Right. Also <laughs> – Side note, Jeff is the nicest person in the world. I remember when he said that oh. that he was doing that, and it's just like, wow, like you are a yeah. much better person than me because I really like AJ, like, but I'm not gonna... He's a much better person than me. Yeah, well, yeah. So he, there you he, go. he like almost made me like I I had to like let him do it. Like he talked me into it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no, nice he person. is a he is a great dude. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Jeff is like like the the kindly uncle or something, but like no. but I. For sure. I think I mean, uh, it, was, it was great, and he's like, "Dude, it's like no problem at all." And he literally just drove all that way uh, while I was at work the day before my my surgery. I think he hit up a couple of breweries, something like that. You know, hung out, and then came over. Uh, we hung out that night. He drove me in the morning, drove me back, and then drove home. Like that's how quick that trip was. That oh. dude is he, the nicest good, person good, ever. He's good people. Yeah. Right. Well, okay, so uh, who do you think is nicer? Do you think it's Jeff Saunders for doing that, or do you think it's, like, Chrissy Scholl for just, like, giving someone a kidney? You know? Yeah. You got to flip that coin. Oh, man, they are great people. Yeah. It kind of makes me realize that, like, 
I, I would not do that. I, you know, and I'm not about to give anybody one of my, my spare organs or like go and give somebody a ride to the, all of them once I go. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like, Hey, you know, uh, let me know what hospital you're staying in and I'll send you a pizza while you're in recovery. But I think that's about it. Uh, hello to both of you. Cause I love both of you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'd have to say as much as Jeff did me a solid there. Come on. That's got to go to her. Yeah, okay, that's a good yeah, point. Like, uh, Jeff didn't go under the knife for you or anything. But that is definitely not a knock on Jeff, though. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you got to the hospital and they're like, all right, I know he had to get this procedure, but he also needs, like, a blood transfusion. I bet you Jeff would have rolled up his sleeve and been like, all right, come on, suck some yeah. of this beer out of me and put it into him. So, <laughs> speaking of conference, uh, what are you looking forward to this year? Are there any, like, classes or anything that are jumping out at you? Honestly, I I, uh, I don't even know what I'm taking. I, I just signed up for a bunch, uh, and I signed up kind of late, so a lot of the classes that I was like, damn, I, I really want to do this, they were actually, uh, uh, they were awful. <laughs> You're uh, awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I actually, uh, I don't have my class list in front of me what I'm taking. I, I obviously signed up a little while ago. I'll remember it pretty much the day before of conference uh real professional thing. thanks for preparing for this interview i wasn't aware that we were going to talk about <laughs> classes uh i, I mean I'm, I'm taking a few again but i know i'm taking a, a, a few new ones i think i'm taking uh i'm doing gym wards um because i haven't done that yet surprisingly enough really so, yeah those are good those are really fun yeah I, i'm pretty excited to do that i i think that you know when it gets to the point where Let's say either of us are still in this industry in another 20 years. You know, if, if we're ever uh, referred to as, as you know, uh, elder piercers or industry elders or whatever, I'm going to be fucked because I'm not going to be able to remember all this stuff. I don't know how uh, Jim and Elaine and everybody else who's been piercing for all these years remembers all these stories about, like, when they got into it and, like, names and places and dates and all that stuff. It's like, I can barely remember last week. Like yeah. I am, I am not gonna be able to be like an archivist. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would, I would remember like some stories. I'm terrible with names. Uh, that's one of the best things about conference. Everybody's wearing a name badge. It's it's Ryan, by the way. It's Ryan. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you found my last name. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I remember stories, not not names, and definitely not dates. I mean, I have to. Somebody asked me how long I was at my current studio, and I'm like, oh my god. How long has it been now? I've been here since twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's when the shop opened. So, but no, I so I had to remember the like it's been a little over eight years I've I've been with my shop now. But I, it took me a second. I'm like, wait, what year is it now? How long has it been now? When uh, uh, when November rolls around, I'll have had my studio for eighteen years, which man, is like. You're... You're, you're old ass. I you know what? Okay, so right now as we're elder we, now, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, as we record this, it's a little bit past eleven o'clock on a Saturday night, and it's like I am I am half asleep, like legit, like straight up. I had to set an alarm to do this uh, interview with you because I came home and, and I ate a pizza after work, and then I fell asleep watching Netflix. Like that's how exciting I am on a Saturday night. So yeah, I'm pizza. I'm old. Ate <laughs> an entire pizza, huh? Well, okay, don't judge, but I mean, it was like an individual pizza. It wasn't like a full size. First off, I wasn't going to judge. I I was just going to be impressed. That's amazing. Well, then yes. (laughs) You got to work on that Vegas, buddy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, my my Vegas body is like post buffet body. It's not like the Vegas body that some people are bringing. Like you know, I'm ready for the pool and this and that, and it's just like no, I'm ready to go swimming with a t-shirt on because that that is my Vegas body. In in your defense, it's going to be in the middle of July, and you're probably not even going to go outside. <laughs> probably not. No. Um, conference in July. Uh, didn't they like? They like broke the record for most consecutive days over 110 degrees while we were out there. Ugh. Yeah, we were we were part of history. It was nice. Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, next year it's going to be in May, so hopefully it'll be a little bit more tolerable next year. Next year's in May. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward but, to it. I mean, I think it's been year, late June uh, or July for the last couple of years. Yeah, last year was the second week of June, which is usually a good week. You know, I don't mind the second week of June. But remember the first half of the week was actually cold? No. You don't remember the fact that nobody could even go in the pool for the the, uh, the pool party? No, I remember last year nobody wanted to go in the pool because it smelled like farts. <laughs> well, it was at the Flamingo. and yeah. <laughs> But no, it was just cold out. Like, it, it just, it wasn't warm until like Thursday or something like that. Huh. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would rather take that than, like, you know, melting. Yeah, walking outside into an oven. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, so before before we we get too off track, the, the, main, the main thing that I wanted to talk to you about um, is jewelry wait times. Uh, oh. And, and oh. I don't know if you are in a, a similar situation I am. Like, I don't know, like, what your volume is or how frequently you're ordering or... You know, if you're even the person in charge of ordering, but like, are you feeling any pressure from from having jewelry wait times get out to like you know twelve plus weeks, or are you like managing it pretty well? Uh, I have panic attacks every time I'm making a jewelry order. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I, I run like I'm not the owner of my studio, but I run literally everything that has to do with piercing at my studio. My boss just literally handed me a company credit card and said, you know, here's the keys, kid. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it does go all through me. I mean, I'm struggling. I remember I, I got off the phone uh, like three weeks ago. I had I, I had called up a vendor who had quoted me at a certain time, uh, and it was like a week or two after that time. So I called to check on the status of the order, and they're like, "All right, well, it should ship, you know, the beginning of next week." I'm like, "Okay, you know, that sucks, but I can no, that's fine." Um, and then I called Wednesday of the following week, you know, cause now it's midweek, not the beginning. And I haven't gotten a shipping notification. I'm like, all right. Um, so just check on the status of that order. And they're like, oh, well, it might ship next week. Ugh. What? You told me it was going to ship the beginning of this week. And you know, so it, it, it I literally got off the phone. Um, I was standing behind my jewelry case and thank God the shop was empty. Cause I just, I, I just crumpled into a ball and like i'm just head in my hands just i i, I don't know what to do yeah uh, like yeah. I, i'm not completely disorganized but i mean i'm not like one of these studios that's just full on like digital where i've got you know this uh, right like digital spreadsheets and all yeah. that like i have my jewelry inventory that i print out and then everything else is by hand you know mm-hmm. and you know i, I mean I'm not good with like this idea of doing a jewelry order every other week, you know. Um, but I, I generally tend to have three orders pending at a time. So it's at this point, considering 
you know, shipping times are about three months um, for everyone. Neometal's doing pretty good, actually. Neometal, I mean, they've gotten their shipping times down to about, it was like seven and a half weeks, I think it was, um, which it's sad that that's good now, but um, <laughs> yeah, like seriously, I mean, if Anatometal told me they were seven and a half weeks, I mean, I would, I'd be doing front flips and back flips right now. Like, I'd right. be ecstatic. But, um, you know, with, with the rest of them, though, you know, it's tough. Everyone's pretty much at about 13 to 14 weeks at the moment. And uh, so that means my orders are about once a month, um, which I I kind of always did once a month anyway. Um, but now it's once a month. And then the next month, okay, I need to make an order. I still don't even almost have the last one I made. So I have to like cross-reference my my inventory with what I need three months from now and what I already have on order and how much so it's it stacking orders like that is is pretty stressful especially when you're only slightly organized being generous to myself so I mean it's it's a struggle um yeah I mean it's tough Uh, I know I know the jewelry vendors are, are sick of hearing it as well I mean I get it they're stressed as well. Everybody's kind of sick of hearing about it, but it's definitely an issue, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think in the long term, the industry will be better for it because I think it's forcing a lot of studios to be better at inventory management um, and to just be better at, at ordering jewelry in general. I think the the companies are going to have to get better. Um, yep. they're, they're going to have to increase production or increase efficiency or in, in, increase whatever they can basically. And I think five years from now, uh, the industry will be better for it. But I, I think now with these, like, I guess it's like growing pains. Um, uh, it's, it, it sucks it, right now. It does. Um, but no, I hear you. I actually, um, a couple weeks ago I hit up Derek uh, over at St. Sabrina's and I, I, I asked him like, Hey man, I am terrible at ordering all this stuff and obviously he runs that 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 studio and i asked if he would propose a class next year on tips and tricks on how to do that i don't think that he's like he said he's not a huge fan of teaching so i don't know if he's going to wind up doing it but if somebody out there that's listening that is very organized wants to do that i would love to take that class you could probably talk brianna or somebody into it that that'd be great uh but i i would also really like to see like a uh you know, a co-instructor on that, somebody from one of the, the major jewelry vendors. Um, so they can give their insight. Like what can we as, you know, piercers, studio owners and that kind of stuff, what can we do on our end to make their job easier as well? And maybe if we can get more efficient, that helps them get more efficient. You know what I mean? Like, see, yeah. if, like I, I would, I would like to have, Someone on both sides of that uh, do a class next year, and I will be first in line because it is stressful. Well, so there there was a vendor that I was uh, dealing with, you know, pretty regularly. You know, one of the one of the larger companies, and yep. I remember uh, there was a point where I wasn't ordering a ton of jewelry. You know, an order for me at one point might have been. A couple hundred bucks, you know, two or three hundred bucks might have been like a a a typical order, you know, pretty small by by today's standards. Yeah. Um, And I would just I would call it in. It was small enough where I'd call it in and there'd be five or ten items or something like that. And 
I'd, I'd be like, okay, I need this and this size and this color and whatever. And then as my jewelry orders got bigger and bigger, I would call and that same vendor would be like, look, um, you really shouldn't be calling this stuff in anymore. You should be emailing it in. And then, then I started emailing it in. And then it got to the point where there were some problems because I wasn't ordering with like the the color codes that yep. that company used. And I was like, I was doing shorthand for certain colors. You know, I would I would order mint green and I would put MG, you know, but yep. this company's MG was magenta, not mint green. So I'd get in the wrong colors. And so okay. it, it trained me to like, like how to make my orders with each company as efficient as possible. So now when I order from uh, Anatometal, I, I put in a, I, I structure it, I format it in a very specific way. And the same thing with Neometal with like their pre-made spreadsheets and then, you know, with industrial strength, with their catalog codes and, yeah. and whoever else, you know, so that is something that I've kind of had to learn along the way too, is like how, how to deal with all these companies to make it go as smooth as possible. Because some of them like, you know, okay, so here's a good analogy. Do you did you ever watch Seinfeld? Uh, <laughs> I have a Seinfeld tattoo. Okay, fine. So you know the soup the soup Nazi episode. Oh, well, damn straight. I know. Yeah, like you got to order in an incredibly specific way. And I feel like some of these companies are a little bit soup Nazi ish, where it's mm -hmm. like you have to order in just the right way. And if you don't, um, it's not intentional. But like your order will be made slower. Like the production won't be as fast unless you order in the way that they like you to order. So, like, you know, that would be good if there was something like a class or a roundtable or a panel or even a point article yeah. where somebody wrote, like, you know, hey, we understand that you're frustrated, but we're also frustrated, and these are the things that you can do to help us be as efficient as a, as possible with your jewelry orders. I think that would definitely be beneficial. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what I was saying. Uh, I was talking to, to Derek about I was like, you know, because you know that there's that, you know, on their end – especially with how frustrated we are, you know that you know, plenty of us are, are being pains in their asses. You know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I have been plenty of times. Yeah, you know, and believe me, I, I'm not going to be innocent in that either. But, um, <laughs> you know, if we're making their job harder and it's taking longer, then, yeah, I would absolutely love to hear from one or even get a couple of them in that class. Like, I don't care if it's, like, one of those classes that's got four instructors and – you know, one person on the piercing side, and then we get three, you know, from different uh, jewelry vendors that have their own things. Like, I don't care. If if we can get a class on, on something like that, uh, on how to just tips on inventory and ordering and getting everything done as, as smooth as possible, um, yeah, I think that'd be a great idea for next year. Um, I like the uh, I like the Anatometal support forum on Facebook, you know, because yeah. I, I feel like they've been trying to engage people in a positive way and share as many of those tips as possible. You know, like a lot of the a lot of the things that I do with my jewelry ordering for Anatometal specifically were kind of based on how they prefer to get their orders. You know, like so um, number one advice for like people out there listening is um, when when you submit an order, that's the final order. Like, don't try to uh, email or call these companies and try to do add-ons, you know, yeah. even if it's like just a day later, like, you know, make a separate order. Um, so like when you, when you try to do that whole add-on thing, like some of these companies, they, they will accommodate you. They'll be nice and they'll say like, okay, sure. I, I can add this on. 
But I kind of like how Neo Metal does like a zero tolerance policy for it. It's like, nope, sorry, you already made an order. Yep. You cannot add anything on. Like, because all it does is it slows everything down. And yeah. like, you know, if you're doing that and these other 10 or 20 or however many shops are doing that, then it's like, but how probably. do we actually get to start working on these orders and getting them out the door? Like, you know, we have to kind of like, we have to shut it off. And you know, like, when you make an order, that's it. That's the order. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I agree. I mean, Inanimate Metal is definitely, I mean, let's be real. I mean, they're, they're top notch when it comes to their customer service. Um, and, and I know I know Barry is, is feeling it himself. Um, but I definitely, I, I want to give them credit. They're they're expanding, and it's it takes time, and you know they've been doing it for a while, um, and, and I know he's been feeling it especially lately. I think he even like I want to say he even posted in that that forum uh, where he was. You could tell that he was, you know, feeling the the heat and the frustration from that. Um, but I mean that's huge. I mean I would love to see some of these other companies also uh, ex- expand. You know. Whether that's getting another facility, a bigger facility, something like that. I mean, clearly they're busy enough. Um, well, there's like there's a certain level of like Monday morning quarterbacking with it, you know, because oh, absolutely. I, I'm yeah, sure I, know I don't it. understand how those <laughs> companies work and how they make their their production and all that stuff. But you know, uh, I I do commend all the companies that have been you know adding on extra shifts of workers and hiring yeah. new gem setters and polishers and and yeah. whoever in the process, you know, and more customer service people, but. My fear is that um, companies are expanding at a similar rate to the demand growing. So it's not really making that much of a difference because I remember, you know, just a few years ago when uh, when that high quality wave really crashed down and there was that that spike of people like, you know, all these new APP members and uh, social media and all these different shops that were just like hungry for internal thread and gold and gold and gold and gold and all this stuff. And um, I remember, you know, Anatometal and, and every basically everybody Pretty saying, good. all right, we're, we're buying more machines, we're hiring more staff, we're doing yeah. this, we're expanding hours, we're doing that. And like, we're still 12 weeks going on, 14 weeks going on, who knows how long. And, and my yeah. fear with Anatometal is that they will expand and we will see a, a dip short term, but demand is not slowing down. Like we're not plateauing, we're definitely not decreasing. So you know, if they can drop their wait times down uh, even in half, you know, if they can drop it down to six or seven weeks, a year from now they're gonna they're gonna be creeping right back up to to twelve or fourteen. And and I I don't know enough about their business to to really make a good suggestion because I don't want to be one of those assholes that's just like, oh well, why don't you just do this? It must be so easy. And Barry's uh, a smart guy. I know Todd... it's going to be easy. That's for sure. I mean, I, there is right. no, there is no easy answer. I mean, there's an easy vague answer. Just expand, you know. Mm. But uh, that that's not just a, a singular thing. Like it's that's not just oh well hire someone new or you know like it's it, it, there's a lot more to it and i totally get that but at, at the bare minimum they in order to keep up with the demand they do have to expand you know that's just, oh totally that's just reality it just has to happen yeah. whether doing what anatomical is doing and getting another facility and hiring more people and getting all these new machines and doing you know and, and it's been what like a year and a half and it's it's not done yet but i think they're getting close ish and you know whether it's doing what anatomical is doing or or I think it was Neo Metal that hired a, a bunch of uh, new people um, in, in the last 
year. So, you know, it's something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it, something needs to be done. Or, or, so, we just, or we just need more new companies to come out. We, like, yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm honestly really surprised that there haven't been more upstart companies, you know, because if you think about it, you know, if you if you lay all of like the the top quality companies out, you have very few companies supplying a very large, uh, I mean, relatively large industry. You know, like I mean, APP members at this point, there's there's over six hundred. You know, yeah. so like, how many shops is that? And and, and you know, that's not including you know the good studios that aren't members. Right. But I think I I think when it comes to like. Not including, you know, your gold and uh, like that kind of stuff. When it just comes to, like your steel tie, niobium, you know, like, uh, jewelry companies, there's what eight? There's, I mean, there's there's not enough. That's basically yeah, well, the, that's the problem. I think we have eight. Yeah. Uh, one of them only makes rings. You know. Right. And I wish there was more options, but you know, it's it's not cheap to just, you know, that that equipment's not. Cheap. Oh right, you yeah. Know? I mean, if you want, if you want to start a company now, like the the reason that I think that there are so few companies is because all of these companies out there were all growing at a at a comfortable pace with the industry for a long, yep. long time. You know, Barry was yep. making jewelry in his garage, you know, and then he grew it into what he's got now. And yeah, you know, JD yeah. and and Terry wow. Leroy and and all these companies. Like I remember when Body Vision was so small. That Nick Barton would just drive around with a suitcase full of jewelry, and he would just randomly show up to a shop and just be like, "Hey, I make gold body jewelry. Do you want to check this stuff out?" And now, like, you know, he's sa- <laughs> sailing around the world. Yeah, me too. And it's like yeah. you, you you can't imagine a company like that now. You know, I know that there there are like uh, kind of um, younger companies that are growing quickly. You know, like Sleeping Goddess is a really good example. But um, I I don't think it's feasible. That someone could could start up a company that would compete with somebody like Industrial Strength or Anatometal, who are these like body jewelry juggernauts, but even they still can't keep up with demand, you know. So, what do you have? Anybody got a neck ten mil lying around to start something? You know what I mean? Like, right? I, I don't even know how much. That, I I honestly have no idea if I was over or completely undershooting that. Because I don't even know what it would cost to, to be able to do something like that. A lot. I mean, short short answer is a lot. But the thing about it is there's so much other knowledge. <laughs> yeah, there's so much other knowledge that goes along with it. And it's it's way more than just money. You know, like if somebody yeah. were to win the lottery tomorrow and try to start a body jewelry company, they would probably fail even with a good amount of money because you have to you have to know the machinery. You have to know what you need to, to use that machinery most efficiently. You know, you have to hire the right people. If you're hiring people... Who are you know if you're if you're training them to just do a job, um, you're you're gonna end up with a company where you don't have the respectability and and the the trustworthiness. Like you know if Anatometal or Industrial Strength or Leroy or Intrinsic or whoever tried to expand too quickly, they would they would end up you know damaging their reputation because you have to you have to maintain quality control at the same pace as your production because if you're if you're making some decent stuff but it's not as good as the industry wants you're going to drop off the face of the earth you know so you have these companies that are you know trying to cut corners on their material or their craftsmanship and they will never really get their legs under them you know like those companies that um you know 90% of the stuff they make is not uh APP membership compliant but you know they have this one line or this one yeah. specific stuff like or those companies will never side brand 
Right. Those companies will never be true competition. Like, sure, you can make money off of it because people are so hungry for it. And, you know, you have people at different stages of their career. But um, you can't just, like, start up a company and expect it to be the next industrial strength. Like, it would take 10 years to even compete with one of those companies. Yeah, I mean, but even at this point, I mean, to be honest, you don't even need to compete. You just really need to... I really don't even think if, if someone had the capital to do something like that, I don't even think it would be a competition thing. I almost feel like it would just lighten the load. You know what I mean? Like it, it would. I mean, if they could, if they could do it. Like let's say, let's say Neo Metal or Industrial Strength or Intrinsic or Body Circle or Leroy or whatever. If they decided to go and sit down with like a hedge fund manager, and you know, and they laid out. A really, a really carefully crafted business plan, and they said, like, you know, okay, this was our business five or ten years ago. This is our business now. Look at the market. Look at how undersaturated the market is. Blah 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 blah. Like, give me an infusion of cash to expand and do this and do that. And it's like, sure, maybe a company like that could do it. You know, if you look at um, mainstream jewelry, you know, you look at like a K Jewelers or yeah. a Pandora or something like that. Like, they have drastically increased their production and and maintained quality control consistently you know and um i i think that what it is is that body jewelry companies are such small companies they're they're you know family owned family run type uh things you know where or it's like one person like trying to micromanage a lot of different stuff i don't think those companies can really do what the industry really needs i think the industry needs something that's more on the lines of like uh, mainstream production companies and you know and when you look at body jewelry it's 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 like artisan craftsmanship you know it's not it's not full-scale commercial production it's it's like an, yeah. it's an artisan product i mean for sure i mean and especially when you got to figure you know when you have companies like you know anatom at all that i'm guessing probably not so much lately because they're just trying to keep up but you know coming out with new designs of body jewelry and stuff like that so they're not only trying to expand and keep up but they're also still trying to innovate and and you're not going to get that in you know something where it's just uh, this mass-produced kind of thing um, right like yeah i mean you you don't want to lose what makes these companies special but at the same time like the industry is going the industry is going to hit a wall if you if you end up having like all the top shops in the country kind of like fighting with each other, like competing with production time, like not competing with each other, you know, because yeah. uh, they'll they'll make jewelry and they'll sell jewelry to whoever wants to buy it, you know. But it's like when when it turns into, you know, every shop is freaked out about having to wait 14 weeks. So let's say every shop is going to double their orders, thinking like that will be the solution, that will take the pressure off of me. You have all these shops, and all they're doing is dumping more pressure on the shoulders of these companies who are already struggling to meet production. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's kind of like a... An endless cycle sort of thing where like the the higher the demand is, the lower the production gets and the lower the production gets, the higher the demand gets. And it it turns into this thing like my my jewelry escalation has been absurd over the last few years. Like um, I I was putting in, you know, maybe a a five hundred dollar or a thousand dollar order every two or three months with a lot of these companies. And now uh, it's kind of reversed. I'm putting in maybe a, a three, four, five thousand dollar order once a month. And you know, oh. same thing that you're doing. I'm stacking it two or three orders at a time. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm ordering jewelry in June to plan to get it in October. And it's like, how do you so bad. 
how do you actually accurately predict stuff like that like how how am i supposed to accurately predict uh what's going to be the hot trend in the fall you know and i i think it's it's going to kill it's going to kill a little bit of innovation it's going to kill a little bit of that momentum for like curated piercings or something like that if you can't get jewelry seasonally you know like if you can't even get your summer jewelry without putting in the order in winter it's it's gonna really harm the industry and like i don't want to blame anybody because it's not the jewelry company's fault you know if if people hadn't been ordering like absurd amounts of jewelry and increasing their orders month after month after month i don't think the companies would have a problem keeping up with it but yeah um but yeah i mean it's tough it's tough i mean because just on two of those those points that uh you just made you know what's going to be the next hot trend uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, I don't know what it was. As soon as the calendar flipped uh, to to 2018, uh, industrials became like I've done more industrials already this year than I did all of last year. Right. Um, and I, I remember, you know, I think my my first jewelry order I made this year was literally on like January 2nd or 3rd or something like that. And you know, I just had like a normal, you know, industrial uh, like. My two most common lengths, you know, inch and an eighth, inch and a quarter. Uh, and, you know, I only ordered like six, seven a, a piece in each size or whatever. It, it was like a normal size order. I don't do a ton of them. Um, and I remember the first like three weeks of January, I blew through all the barbells I had. I wasn't going to have any anytime soon. And the order that was going to come in was only a little bit anyway because I wasn't really expecting it. So it took me, like, pretty much by the time I realized that I was going to be doing way more industrials this year, I'm three months behind. Uh, right. That's how long it takes to do that. And then now, you know, going into what you were talking about, doing things like seasonally, well, re- replacing, like, I have to place my next uh, order, you know, somewhat, sometime before conference will be my next story order that I have to make. Um, but by the time that comes in, I'm going to be at the very beginning of my slow season. Right. So then I have to sit there and go, all right, well, how big does this order really need to be if I'm going to be getting it in, let's see, what, July, so August. If I'm going to be getting it in October at some point, like, October's my slowest month. Right. You know? So uh, how much story am I even going to need by October? I mean, I'm going to be probably low on a lot of, you know, 18 gauge, quarter inch, 932nd, 516ths of breadth like everyone else. But like, aside from that, like how, how much do I even need? This is, it's such a panic to, and just stressful to think, okay, well, it's almost more stressful to go into my slow season with it than it is. Because if I'm placing jewelry orders and I know it's all right, well, it's not going to be here for three months, and then you know my busy season pretty much starts right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So if I'm placing you know my my jewelry order in September October, that I know will get here around the start of my busy season, well, I know I'm going to need a ton of jewelry. That's that's almost easier. Like I know I'm going to need a ton. I need, just need to order a bunch. Well, what what do I do when I don't exactly know how much I'm going to need? Because it's yeah. It, well, I, I mean, that's this year. What if my busy season is not a, or my slow season isn't as anywhere near as slow as last year's slow season? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's it's almost a better situation to have a little too much than not enough. But, you know, other other issues that are related to that, you know, like just like you said with the industrials, 
I had a really big boom of rook piercings for the first few months of the year. And, you know, I, I've got some some decent selections for, for curved barbell style jewelry, but I didn't have a lot of variety. You know, like I had, you know, my neo-metal forward-facing curves, a couple yeah. different colors. I had a few anatometal eyebrow curves, whatever. Um, so then I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to get a whole bunch of stuff for rooks because I, I feel like this is going to be a trend, you know? And then... Yeah three months goes by, four months goes by before the jewelry actually shows up. And by the time it shows up, Rooks, it's done. It's not, it's not a thing anymore. You know? So it's like, sure. Like now I've got a great selection of Rook jewelry. And like, if, if the trend kind of surfaces again, awesome. But it's like, you know, you're, you're missing, you're missing the train yeah. on a lot of this stuff. You know, thankfully there are some piercings that are still really hot. Like, you know, doth piercings, Dave piercings are, are still like hot for me here. So it's like, it's, it's great that I invested in a big selection for that jewelry. You know, like we're going to have a hard time keeping up with trends in social media sooner yeah. rather than later. And another big thing that, that, you know, what you were talking about brings up in my mind is, uh, custom jewelry orders are really like becoming un unviable, you know? Mm -hmm. So when people come in and they, like before, when people would come in and they would look at a, a piece I had and they'd be like, oh, I love that. I wish you had it in, you know, baby blue or yeah. whatever color. And before I could be like, I will order that for you. I will have it for you in just a couple of weeks. I can get you whatever you want, you know. But now it's so much harder of a sale to, to like take people's enthusiasm and then push it out four months, five months, especially if it's a bigger ticket piece, you know. So sure. like with Body Vision as an example, you know, if people get psyched and they want to order some you know, something and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, I want it for a, a wedding or I want it for an event or I, I want it for, you know, this or that or whatever. And I have to tell them like, okay, just so you know, it's going to be a minimum of like two or three months before I actually get this stuff. And, and I have had people be like, well, never mind. You know, I'll, I guess I'll just get something that's in stock, you know, and maybe I'll sell them a, a, a much smaller ticket piece because sure. it's not like sky's the limit for them anymore. And, and think about like Christmas time. You know, I used to, you know, uh, around Thanksgiving, I'd be like, hey, you know, make sure you, you get in your custom orders if you want to buy some some fancy jewelry for somebody for Christmas. And now it's like, when am I supposed to tell people that? August? Uh, get your Christmas orders in? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely tough. Remember, remember uh, I mean, back when I, back in my day when I started ordering a nanometal, metal, um, I mean, you could place an order on Monday and you can add your jewelry by Friday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> those those were the days that we will never see again. <laughs> well, I mean, never say never, but you're probably not likely. Like if if Anatometal, if after all this work that Barry and the company have have been putting into it, like if if they could do some sort of miracle thing, like hey, we've got jewelry wait times down to two weeks. You know, I I think I think people will flip their lid. You know, but um, I I don't see uh, that happening. Yeah. Even if they they make this big push. I'll be really surprised that they can get wait times under eight weeks, honestly. You know, and that that's at, even... At this point, I'll take eight weeks. That's how, that's how much of a struggle this is. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would be psyched for any reduction at all. But, you know, after all this after, after all this work, I don't think it's going to be a long-term solution. I, I really think that, like, you know, maybe they'll, they'll get three months or six months where the pressure will be off of them. But then that pressure is really just going to ramp back up because... You have all these other companies that are that are also having these enormous wait times, and they're not putting in these yeah. huge investments in their infrastructure. So if Anatometal does turn into this company that's like, hey, we went from 14 uh, weeks down to eight weeks, 
then all these customers are going to flood over to them and all that's going to do is push production right back up and you know you you might have a couple of months where it's easy to get it but then it's going to start climbing right back up to that 3 month point again and we're going to we're all going to be in the same situation and you know Barry is is going to start tearing his hair out when like he <laughs> he he finishes this expansion and then he immediately has to start focusing on the next expansion yeah well that was about the same like he, uh, how we're stacking our orders he's about to have to start stacking his expansion you listen to Barry start start doing that <laughs> Well, you know, I I appreciate all the work they're doing. I wouldn't want to be in the same I wouldn't want to be in the same position as them. Um, you know, and I I feel like some of the people that are throwing criticism online, uh, you know, everybody can can backseat drive, you know, and everybody can say, "Why don't you just do this and why don't you just do this?" But it's like they're they're doing it. They're they're doing all they can do with what they have, and it's like we're not talking about multimillionaires here. We're talking about like people you know who who are running these companies and it's like i i'm fine giving them a little bit of leeway and yeah it does suck when i need something that i don't have and it sucks even more when i need something that i haven't ordered yet and realizing like shit i'm not gonna have this for at least like three months like what am i gonna do um yeah so it does suck but especially when an order comes in you thought it was on there and then you realize you check uh not only your invoice but also your your own uh invoice uh like your own uh inventory list and you're like shit right or when you screwed up a quantity like you know i was i was completely out of um niobium cbrs like completely out and uh then I, i was like okay I know I definitely have some on the next order that's coming in. We're going to be fine. And I looked at it and I only I had only ordered 10. You know, so it's like, sure, I had enough for like, you know, 2 or 3 weeks for this particular size that I needed, you know, for for all the doth piercings, you know, and um then we we blew right through them, you know, and then I didn't have any on an order until two orders later. So it's like there there's going to be this point where we just don't have jewelry and I don't want to have to turn away a piercing because I don't have the jewelry size that I need. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, that happened with me with with the industrials. I mean, that, that one, like I said, small, normal-sized order, just like you ordered 10. I think I ordered uh, six or something like that in the industrials. Like, literally the week those industrials came in, I blew through all of, all of them in, like, a, a week on that first one. That's when I went, oh, okay, I need to significantly order more. But, yeah. you know, three months later. But uh, there was a, a, a certain point where... I I was having to uh, give upgraded options for basic jewelry price just because, like for example, like um, an, uh, an industrial barbell, like an metals with a single thread in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. There, there was a point in time where those were the only ones I had in stock. It, but if somebody didn't want a gem in the middle, if they just wanted like a plain standard barbell, I was like, I can either not do this piercing or I can take a hit. And... Uh, or take a you know a slighter hit you know uh, on the jewelry, and that's what I had to do. And then of course, my normal barbells come out, but cool. Now I don't have any upgraded options. Mm. Uh, and you know it's it's not fun. Uh, I didn't you know, but it was it was either that or turn the piercing away. And yeah, I mean I I, I feel like you would, you made the right decision in a in a situation yeah. like that. Um, so let me ask you. I don't know if it's a controversial topic or not, but what's your opinion on companies um, like closing their books to to new um, to new shops to work with? You know, like uh, Intrinsic uh, is is pretty well known for not accepting new clients. Um, Industrial Strength 
kind of does that too. You know, what what would your opinion be if somebody like Anatometal was like, okay, we're not accepting any new shops? Do you think that would be a benefit, or do you think that would be a detriment? Like, do you do you think that's a smart move, or do you think that's not a smart move? Oh, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I, I I've I voiced my opinion on this online a, a few times. Um, so. Uh... I've had people give the opposing view. I want to say it was actually Derek that gave the opposing view, and I, I agree with him, but uh, to a point at least. But I, I don't agree with it. I think if, if you're doing it short term, like say, hey, yo, our order times just blew up. We're gonna close our books for three, six months. Let's get these shipping times in order, uh, and then we're good. Okay, that's fine. You know, but you know, certain companies closing their books for years at a time um and one of which not only closing their books but also canceling uh accounts if they don't order enough um i just i don't as a whole i don't agree with it if it's short term that's fine if it, if it helps you know get the you know shipping times down that's fine but if it's a, essentially a permanent thing because let's be real i mean some of the companies that are doing it have been doing it for three, four, five years now. Like at that point, it's permanent, you know. Mm-hmm. And we do so much outreach in this industry, you know, through the APP. I mean, I was on the outreach and then the the social media committee at one point. Um, we do a ton of outreach, uh, like just in my own Facebook group uh, as professional piercer. We're constantly educating people and. You know, through our learning forum on Facebook, we're educating other piercers to set their game up. But at a certain point, if you have some of the major companies permanently not accepting new accounts, how are we supposed to get these piercers to be able to even use appropriate materials for their client's sake? Right. Whether you agree with, you know, well, I don't care about, you know, another piercer. Well, what about their clients? Their clients deserve good piercings too. Their clients deserve quality jewelry that, you know, they deserve that. That like so you're only really penalizing the clients in an area especially if, you know, uh, if it's a, a piercer that's in an area where there's nothing anywhere near them using quality work and they really want to step their game up and offer these clients uh, quality work, we, we can't have some of the major companies just refusing new clients for years at a time. There has to be an, an end to that. Like There has to be an, an end game, like a, a goal to get to. So if, if that's not the goal, then I don't agree with it. But if it's so, a term thing, I do. Well, I'll, I'll both agree and disagree with, with different parts of your point. So I think... Just like you said, if you completely remove access to high-quality jewelry, that's only going to be a negative for the the entire industry and our clientele and, and everyone. But, uh, you know, what I would like to see, you know, and again, this goes back to like the whole backseat driver kind of thing. Let's say that a company like Anatometal um, realizes like, okay, with the production level that we have, we can manage... Um, 100% of our existing clients with an average 12-week wait time. Um, so let's say we we freeze new accounts for the meantime. And then as we uh, increase our production, we can get our, our wait times for that 100% of our existing clientele for, down from 12 weeks to 8 weeks to 6 weeks to 4 weeks to whatever. Mm-hmm. And then 
um, we can still be working on increasing efficiency and increasing production. And whenever you have uh, increases in that production time and say like, okay, we've got a, a 5% increase in production or a 10% increase in production, then that's when you would start to take on some new clients. So, you know, I think that there can be a, a happy medium because it's like, it's kind of like using an analogy of like, um, like deer populations, you know, and, and hunting. Uh, if you, if you live in an area where they allow legal hunting, they're not just going to say, everybody go out in the woods with a gun and shoot all the deer that you want because the deer will be extinct in your area. Yeah. Uh, so what they do is they say, there is this certain population. We are going to, uh, offer this many permits where you can go out and you can, you can get this many deer or, or whatever. And it's, it's kind of a balanced thing. You know, it's, it's sort of calling a population and. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much what I was like kind of talking about when it comes to like there has to be an end game you know like there right a goal to reach to then be able to accept new clients again you know yeah this just years at a time thing like i'm not gonna badmouth any any companies by name but i'm sure some people hearing will know exactly what i'm referring to but when i found out one of the companies which i didn't even know was closing accounts in the first place let alone for this like for years at a time i was livid and um, Again, I'm sure some people might have seen the thread uh, if they're in our industry forums. I don't regret a single word I said. I was very angry when I found that out Um, because where's the end game? Like, what's the Mm -hmm. point if you're not going to start accepting new clients again? Yeah. Well, you know, there there is something to be said, too, for... um it's almost like a, a form of exclusivity. You know, like there there was a time, you know, five or 10 years ago when you could negotiate with some of these companies and you could say, I want to be the only shop that sells your jewelry in this city. You know, and it was it was not unheard of for Anatometal to have deals like that, Body Vision to have deals like that, where there was only one shop in, an, in, a, in a region that would be able to carry their jewelry. And um, I think some of these companies are looking at it as not so much an exclusivity thing, but saying like, you know, we're going to sell every single piece of jewelry that we can make. So we're fine as a company. Like we don't need to push out production to 12 weeks, 14 weeks, however many months, because, you know, even if our production time is a month or a week or a year, we're going to sell every single piece of jewelry that we make. So, you know, why not just, you know, deal with like a, a, a set of shops, a, a set of piercers that we're already comfortable with and kind of create something like an exclusivity with a brand where, you know, I get it that if every company had shut off, uh, you know, new clients and and done all these different things, that would be hugely negative for for the industry. But you know, if you have somebody like uh, Intrinsic or Industrial Strength that says like, "Look, we're gonna do everything we can for our existing clients, but we just can't take on anymore," um, I'm not gonna knock them too hard, you know. But but that is because of that whole like. Uh, <laughs> you know, privilege, basically, you know, like I, I am a piercer, um, who has accounts with all of these companies. So I'm not on the outside looking in frustrated. Like I can get whatever I want from whoever I want. I just have to wait for it. And I would imagine it's a lot worse. You know, if you're, if you're somebody who wants one of those accounts and you can't even get an account, like yeah, uh, I have yeah. options, but yeah. not everybody has options. Exactly. And, uh, like, obviously that's, that's a, bit of a, a selfish thing which again you're a business owner you're allowed to be but you know when you start thinking about it as an industry and you, you see these companies that want to support you know organizations like you know the app who's 
goal is to educate people and to get more people, you know, uh, using quality materials and, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. Like, it, it, it's just, I, I don't, I don't like the idea of, of just saying, well, we're going to sell all our jewelry anyway, so we really don't care. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, that doesn't sit well with me because uh, what's the point of all of this outreach that we're doing? Uh, and all of this education, both to professional piercers and to clients, what's the purpose if, oh, well, you know, you got pierced with this junk jewelry, you know, we need to find you another piercer. Oh, there's not a piercer in your area. Well, okay, well, what can we do? Um, they can't go ask their piercer to order something. Like, that client can now not have access to quality jewelry because... Right you know, uh, of companies refusing accounts. And then all that does is just puts the bigger burden on the other companies that don't refuse new clients. You know, mm-hmm. when you have two major companies that are just like, well, our books are closed for the last four years. Uh, well, new accounts are still being made and new jewelry or like more people are still ordering jewelry. But now you have two less companies to deal with that. And I already said earlier, we have, what, eight, seven, if you're not talking about uh, just rings. And now you have five if you have two of the major companies not accepting new clients. So you're right. talking about that burden being put on five, <laughs> five companies. That yeah. is so much for so few uh, companies to deal with. Um, Agreed. And, and like I, I definitely, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want those companies to stay like that forever, you know, like, I think it would be great if, you know, they did something like, uh, you know, they made like a waiting list and then every month they buy, by random lottery, you know, they pick two or three shops to add on that's every fine. month or, that's or something, something like but, that. But, but again, that, that's a, that's not a just close them off, you know, that, totally. there's, there's still a goal, there's still an expansion, there's still a, you know, People are able to get accounts and are able to have access to quality jewelry. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I'm not going to pretend like it's an easy issue. I understand like it's <laughs> the expansion isn't easy, and you know we do have a lack of options. That's that's just facts, and I, and I understand it's way more than I can even fathom. That you know what it is. It? You know what it is. It's just like. It's just like the immigration uh, issue in the states right now. You know, like they are. They are. Okay, I don't, I don't want to compare him to Donald Trump. I, that would be really <laughs> offensive. But like, you know, it's one of those so like America first, you know. But it's like, um, uh, I, I get it, you know. And and when you bring up the the issue of like, you know, we do all this outreach and we try to get people like buying this nicer jewelry and all that stuff. Like, um, I get that, but that's that's the APP making that push, and the APP is kind of trying to look at it without the glasses of like bias or, or favoritism because we're not trying to say, you know, buy all your jewelry from industrial strength, buy it from anatomical, whatever. Like in a perfect world, what the APP wants is they want all these companies to step up and start making jewelry and offering jewelry that, that meets standards. And, you know, some companies have tried, you know, with, with mixed success. But, um, you know, when it comes to these actual companies that are, you know, private business and you know free to do what they want and sell to who they want and all that stuff like i'm not gonna i'm not really gonna knock them too hard but i i do want them to kind of see your point of you know it it needs to be available to everybody um otherwise it it harms everybody 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, how often do you see, you know, I mean, it, it does happen more than it should, especially publicly. I don't think it really should happen publicly, really, ever. But when you see someone bashing someone for using one of these, not going to drop names, but, you know, one of these companies where, you know, most of the jewelry isn't good, maybe a small line is meets, like, barely meets standards, or a certain company that is, like, an offshoot brand. You know, you know who I'm talking about. You know, mm-hmm. you used to see, you know, we see piercers that use it, and then somebody will call that piercer out, even publicly, for and bash them for using this. And, you know, in, in my head, I'd look up, I'll scoff if someone's bragging about using one of those brands. You know, I'm not going to publicly say anything, but I'll, I'll do my little scoff. But then I have to realize, like, wait, they might not be able to get anything better, you know? Right. In the day, it used to be, okay, well, I can't get anything better because my boss won't let me order real jewelry. Like, that was always the main excuse. Like, well, the shop I'm in, they won't they won't provide the jewelry that I need. You know, now it's just the companies just won't sell to me, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's like you get that almost like that empathy. It's like, well, you want to change, but now you can't. Like, you can't mm. get better. You can't step your game up because you're just – you're not only limited by the fact that, yes, quality jewelry does cost more than junk jewelry. I mean, obviously. But now you have, you know, companies where it's like, yeah, sucks to suck. You know, we'll put you on this waiting list that we're never going to use because it's been four years. You know, like, it's just... Well, as much as it sucks, I I, I think that, like, the real long-term solution is not these existing top-level companies... uh, like increasing their production. I think what it is, is those other companies that have been kind of like, you know, scoffed at for years and years. I think those are the companies that really have to step up, you know, like if, and and, yeah, I mean, look at at this point, like I I was always one of the ones like, well, I'm not going to, you know, give my money to a company that sells a bunch of junk jewelry, you know, but if they did step up their game and their jewelry was made, you know, not overseas where like their mill certs and all that stuff can actually be verified, you know, that kind of stuff, like in the, in the quality met standards, I'm not going to scoff at someone for using it, you know, at this point, you know, because we do need a, a company, that, even if it's an existing company, like they, they have the ability to make it currently they're not, but I mean, if they have that ability and that setup to be able to, then yeah, I mean, you know what the issue really comes down to in, in again, like another shitty analogy is like, when you when you look at a problem that's very easy to understand in today's industry, like you look at a shop that's only selling um, low-quality jewelry, external thread, plastic stuff, like fashion jewelry, temporary jewelry, whatever, you look at those shops and you, know, you tell them, I swear you will make more money if you buy more expensive jewelry and do nicer piercings. Like, you know, if you step up your game and like you've seen it time and time again and it's reflected in APP membership where it went from, you know, a a couple hundred to like many, many, many hundred more. um, And it's because they put in that conscious effort of going from not so great quality to great quality. And if these companies did it, it would be the exact same trajectory for their company as that all is, of these shops that are exploding great, in quality that is a great point you know like, i mean it really is if, if you take these companies that are selling like the cheapest of the cheap jewelry and you you get them thinking like okay 
we're going to, you know, we can, we can use these same factories, you know, even if it's overseas and we can tell them we need reputable mill certs. We need, you know, reputable stock. We need you to make this jewelry with these specs or whatever. And then they change over their production to that stuff. Yeah. They will overnight like make so much more money because people will flood to them. The, the reason that people scoff and look down their nose is because they're really just, they're putting in such minimal effort and it would be like the equivalent of a, of a head shop having one case of really nice jewelry and then having a whole store full of junk. You know, it's the same thing with those catalogs. You flip through exactly. page after page of, you, you, and it's you can't, like, you can appeal to both sides. You, you need to be all in or you have to be out. Like you right. can't be on this fence. You want to try to cater to both sides because the, the one side of, of quality is going to look at you and see what you're doing. But if right. you did step your game up, then yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, uh, scoff at a company if they are actually providing quality jewelry that does actually have verifiable mill certs to confirm the you know the the material quality and there's the this finish on the jewelry is proper you know what i mean like if, if they actually did things correctly uh and ditched all that stuff then yeah i mean they would go from instantly like kind of like the laughing stock or joke of the industry to credible and right they could do it they could do it quickly and it would be the exact same thing as shops because like you have plenty of shops now where you you hear their name or you know who's piercing there and you're like, yeah, that is a serious, legit shop. But like three years ago, five years ago, they might not have been the same shop. They might have been using external threat stuff and costume jewelry and whatever. And people would look at them and be like, come on, man, like you're better than that. Like put in some effort. And then as piercers, they did it. You know, and like it can be the exact same thing with these jewelry companies, you know, and if, if they want to just see that short term money of like we want to sell people plastic and, and make like, you know, a, a really high turnover on, on like low quality stuff. Like, sure. Yeah. If you want to do that, you can totally do that in a shop, too. Like there are shops that are thriving doing twenty five dollar piercings with jewelry. Yep. But the shops that are getting serious and they're cranking out high quality work, it's yep. a totally different game in like body jewelry companies need to see that same trend. And I honestly don't know why they haven't at this point. Like there is so much more money to be made in quality versus quantity. And they yeah. just need to see that. And the problem is they, they could also do the quantity. I mean, that they have the facilities to be able to crank out. I mean, think about how much costume jewelry they're, they're cranking out. You know, uh, imagine if they, they were able to crank out that much uh, quality jewelry instead. Like, you know, for all of these, you know, uh, you know, costume navel curves you know that that gets sold for three for ten bucks you know what i mean like there's so much of that that gets produced but those facilities could just as easily get proper materials in there and set good gems in there instead they have the ability to crank out just as much quality jewelry yeah they do i mean it's like you don't want to you don't want to scoff and be like, well, you know, Asian factories aren't up to the task compared to American factories. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, where's your cell phone made? You know, like, yeah, exactly. like they're capable of making it. It's just they're not they're not driven to make it by these companies that are importing it. You know, the companies that are importing it are just letting them get away with like, oh, well, you know, that's good enough. That's good enough. It's like, tell them that's not good enough and they'll make better jewelry. It'll cost you more money. But it'll be better jewelry, and like you, yeah. you will you will gain such a huge portion of market share if you could do it, you know. And um, hopefully, hopefully they do, you know, because like these companies that just like want to nibble around the edges and like they want to make one, you know, minimum standard line, and then they want to sell like a bunch of like low quality stuff for everything else. Like 
you're doing yourself a disservice and like think of it in like a pure business standpoint like you're you're not gonna grow um doing that because people want the best possible that's why companies like uh industrial strength and anatom metal and and leroy and all these companies that's why they're so jammed and backed up because people are like starving for that jewelry and if you can give them a comparable quality you know not like a knockoff quality if you can give them an actual legitimate like comparable quality People aren't going to care what your company name is. They're going to care about your company product. And if you can give them the product, you're going to get their business. Absolutely. I mean, it's literally like the same stuff that, you know, we used to tell people, I mean, for the longest time, you know, in our groups, like, oh, well, how do I talk to my boss about stepping our jewelry game up? And then we'd always give all the same tips on, okay, well, talk to them, like, from a business standpoint, you know, instead of talking actual, like, dollars, start talking about percentages and that can, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it, it it actually makes business sense to use quality jewelry and spend more because then you make more, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, right. Um, and it, to be honest with you, you're right. I mean, I didn't personally think about it. I think you have a great idea, but I don't see how a lot of these companies haven't either, especially the ones who, quite frankly, have been coming to conference and, you know, coming to the, you know, they have a booth every year. Like, how are they not seeing like they, they, they might be seeing it, but to, like these these companies literally next to them and seeing pe- that what that's what people want and to not do it that's pretty crazy. It's the exact same. It's the exact same problem with why every single shop in every single town isn't the shop. You know, like that's why for every like for every you know you or me or. You know, piercers who who kind of like they they put in the work and yeah. and they want the quality. For every one of those shops, there's you know ten around them that are not that shop. You know, and it's the same thing with body jewelry companies because they're just not looking at it as the same thing. They're not seeing it as like, hey, we do the same thing, we just do it a different way. Like there's there, you know, it's it's a night and day difference, and it's the same thing with these body jewelry companies. They have to prioritize it. They have to see the potential for it, and they have to uh, they have to jump in, and they have to make that investment, you know. So it's just like yeah. it's exactly like when a shop decides, like I I don't want to be the external thread thirty dollar piercing shop. I want to be the gold shop, bling shop, fancy salon, whatever shop. Like it's going to take one of those companies, but it's also going to take good piercers reaching across putting their hand out and being like look i want to talk to you about what you can do to better serve my industry you know it takes somebody like you or or somebody like whoever at conference walking up to these companies and being like look let me explain something to you let me explain how shops go from this to that and you know and you could do the exact same thing you just have to prioritize it yeah I, i i hope that uh a lot of people listening to this are gonna walk up to a couple of those booths, and you know maybe we can. That, that that's not a that's not a bad idea. Um, I, honestly, like I said, I didn't think of, I didn't even think about that because mainly I just don't think about the, those companies all that much. Right. But well, that's the that, other thing is like you know business. I, I don't see how like if if being like the owner of those companies or even a some of the within those companies how they haven't noticed it that that is kind of beyond me now that I think about it. I can I can totally see it because when you look at a company like Industrial Strength or Anatometal or BVLA or Leroy or Body Circle or Intrinsic, you look at any of those companies, you know who the top banana is. You know, you you look at somebody 
uh, in a strong leadership role. You know, you look at someone like like Barry, you know, or JD, or 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 even even like the other people in the companies. You look at a Todd Almighty. You look at a Jonathan yeah. Loveless, um, and they're they're leading the industry. They're not just kind of like trying to pay attention and, and seeing an opening and being like, okay, we can exploit this demand if we make this one line and whatever. Like, I don't think you have people like that in those other companies. I don't think you have someone who knows the industry inside and out. I think you, ha I think you have people who, um, they know how to make a little bit of money and they know how to market the quality that they're trying to sell, which is going to be the wrong kind of people you want to market to, honestly, you know, but you don't have somebody who's trying to be like an innovator, who's trying to see the future and who's trying to look at how they can change their company to meet the best needs of the industry. You just have people who are kind of thinking like, you know, where can we make a buck? You know, what like, yep. you know, what silly plastic end piece can we put on this to make it sell for this month? You know, and like they, they're not, they're not seeing the, the big picture. They're not seeing the long game, which is the problem. And, you know, Piercer's like, you or me or whoever that goes to conference, they're not walking up to these companies being like, yeah. hey, I've got an idea. I want to pitch a, a new line for you. They're looking at them and they're going to be like, oh yeah, you guys sell, sh you guys sell shit. I'm not going to talk to you. We have to start talking to those companies and, yeah. and tell them like, you want my money? Earn it. I will give you my money, but you have to earn it. It's it's a great idea. I mean, uh, I, I'm definitely guilty of that as well. I mean, uh, it's been a few years since I've walked up uh, to a few of those uh those companies, and I mean, I know I, I did the first year. The the one company that has the offshoot brand as opposed to mm -hmm. just the line. I, I went up there and I and I took a look at their jewelry and I and I pointed out a lot of the the flaws in their jewelry. You know, just like you know, they're advertising it as it is the same quality as you know an Adamant or something like that. And right, I'm I'm like, no, it's not. Look at this, you know. Um, and, and then admittedly, I haven't even walked up to the booth since and this was a yeah. few years ago so i'm definitely guilty of that but I, I really honestly i think you're onto something i think it's a great idea um you know at, at this point we need not only expansion from from jewelry vendors but we need more companies and why not try to to get some of these companies that actually already have the abilities to do it instead of trying to find someone that's like trying to get into the jewelry game like from scratch we there are existing options that are capable so well i, I think you're so how about this i i will put out a call to arms for uh -huh. all the seven people that listen to this show um no, no if, I'll, I'll share my mom will probably listen to it so we might get eight okay eight people <laughs> uh seven people plus aj's mom uh hi mom if you're going to conference this year you know, make the effort to walk up to those companies that you don't buy from and, you know, don't be rude to them and don't say like, I don't buy from you because of this or your jewelry is bad because of this. Like give them constructive yeah. criticism and input and tell them like, hey, you know what? Like I'm, I'm bending over backwards trying to maintain my, my jewelry uh, that's coming in from these companies where I have to wait three months, four months or whatever. Um, the reason that you know, me and, and other people are not ordering from you is because of ABC. If you can resolve and work on A, B, and C, we will start ordering from you, you know, yeah. like talk to them about the actual needs that you want. And like, you know, um, to, you know, to, to name names, like there, there are companies out there that have big infrastructure. They just don't have the product that a lot of us want, you know, so yeah. walk up and 
shake hands with somebody from Metal Mafia. Shake hands with somebody from Body Vibe and there talk to them. You know, and, and be like, hey, the money's there. It's waiting for you. You just got to put in the work to earn that trust, you know. And once you do it, you know, you make reputable mill certifications. You have good stock, you good polish, good gem sets, you know, all that stuff. Like, people will buy your body jewelry, you know. So... Mm-hmm. Everybody make an effort to do that. You know, go to conference and talk to these companies and try to get them to step their game up. The same way you do it to all these piercers that you meet at conference where you say, hey, you know, do you want to reach APP membership standard? Like, this is what you got to do with your shop. And, you know, this is how you can sell that nice jewelry. Talk to those body jewelry companies and get them making acceptable jewelry. Otherwise, we're all going to be, ta- like a year from now, I'm going to be doing a show about how you deal with one year wait times and, and <laughs> oh, nobody God. wants that, you know? Don't put it's coming. On us. Don't, Don't do think it. it's not coming. Like, uh. it, you know, like we're, we're not far off from six months wait time on body jewelry. Like as much as we might want to like I, stick I, our heads in the sand and, and not see it, I'll cry. It, it's coming, you know? And it's like the, the way to solve that is getting companies that have existing infrastructure making better quality jewelry, you know, and and all we have to do is kind of like reach across the aisle and and find compromise and get them working with us instead of being adversarial. Like, don't yeah. shit on them, hey, uh, because they're not doing what you want now. Like, yeah. get them to do what you want. Yeah, no, I hear you, and, and believe me, I'm, I I will be the first to admit I'm I'm one of the I don't want to say the biggest offenders, but I'm definitely outspoken when it comes to jewelry quality and stuff like that. So. Uh... For the the seven listeners and my mom, uh, I will. You have my word. I will walk up to uh, both of those booths, and I will do exactly that this year. I will try to do that too, and I will maybe get a blank stare, and they'll be like, <laughs> maybe it'll just be some random person that be like, I, I I'm not even involved in that decision. I'm just yeah. sent to a trade show. So yeah. like that might be tough is working your way up the ladder because you know, like. You know, when you deal with a company like Neo Metal or Nata Metal or whatever, like you know the names, you know the names, you know that you can call them, you know that you can email them. Um, you know, hopefully these companies have somebody that'll that'll take us seriously yeah. and will want to work with us because it's just <laughs> hope that they they're just would. leaving I mean, money on the table. I mean, they're they're making the effort to come to conference. You would you would hope that they would at least be open to listening to people at conference. I mean, what really what's a the point of coming if you're if if they're not going to have an open mind now granted uh, we haven't had that. the most open mind either uh again right fully admit right i'm one of the one of the offenders here but um no i i, I definitely think that you have a great point and why know, thank two, you two th- two three years ago i i probably would have uh, laughed and scoffed uh <laughs> but uh, seeing where we are at this point um quite frankly Industry needs help. Uh, if we can right. get, if we can get more hands on deck and 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 doing things like we're not talking about sacrificing quality. We're you know, you're talking about getting low quality to start producing quality that does meet our standards. So it's not like right. sacrificing anything. You're just trying to get companies that have the means to do it. Um, well, maybe that could be the next big outreach push, you know, because hey. for a while it was social media pushing piercers to up their game. You know, maybe now. When I, I feel like the the piercing industry, like the piercer side of it, is is kind of you know they're on a really good path right now. So yep. I don't think they need as much of a nudge. But I think we need to take that energy and focus it onto these companies and give sure. them not even a nudge, give them a shove yeah. and be like, hey, make some goddamn jewelry because I got some money to spend. Pretty much, I mean that's money talks, and there's definitely people that want to, but literally need to. I mean, if if we can get more uh more companies take the load off you know 
Because let's be real, you know, one or two other companies stepping their game up uh, to lighten the load, we're still not talking about a ton of companies here. But one or two additional companies can make a drastic difference, you know. Uh, totally. So, uh, yeah, again, uh, great idea. You're welcome, world. Yeah, all seven all right. of you and my mom. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna call it here because it's cool. like it's midnight thirty and yeah. uh, I'm a sleepy McSleeperson. So Fair enough. thanks for talking to me yeah, late on a Saturday night, and also thanks to us for not having lives and being busy on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, um, so uh, one more time, um, who are you? Where do you pierce? What's your social media? All that good stuff. Cool. Uh, my name is AJ Goldman. I pierce out of Twelve Ounce Studios in Deptford, New Jersey. Uh, my all my social media is at Piercings by AJ. Uh, my website is piercingsbyaj.com. Cool. Well, uh, I will see you on the expo floor, trying to politic with some jewelry companies in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, it's technically Sunday, so I'll be there in two weeks. <laughs> oh my God! Really, it's coming up two, that quick. Dude, two weeks. That's insane. Ugh. I mean, it is, it is now. Technically July, right? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks. Jesus. Yeah. Well, get ready for it. I'll see you there. Cool. See you, buddy. All right, man. See ya. All right, so there you go. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good conversation. Who knows if it'll actually make any sort of difference. Uh, but, you know, it, it was just good to kind of get that, those thoughts out there, get that information out there. And hopefully, you know, if people are going to conference, they can try to make some of those inroads with some of the companies. And, you know, maybe maybe we can make some, some progress over time. You know, uh, be patient. Um, we're going to have to be really patient. Like, you know, uh, 12 to 16 weeks patient, you know, uh, but I, I think we're going to get where we need to get. I think it's going to take some time and I think the jewelry companies are working their butts off to, to really, you know, do everything they can for us. So, you know, let's try to be open-minded for them. Um, but you know, as, at the same time, we're running businesses. So do what you got to do, um, make inroads with, with other companies, you know, try to get them to, to up their game and, you know, try to look for, uh, alternate places to get high-end jewelry, you know, don't, um, don't settle for, for lower quality jewelry. Um, you know, don't sacrifice the things that you know that you need to, to be a high quality piercer. But, you know, maybe if you can find uh, some alternatives out there, uh, it'll be better for everybody. And when you find those alternatives, drop me an email at ryanpba at gmail.com and let me know because I would like to order some of that jewelry. Uh, so thanks for listening and I'll be back next week with another episode. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.